Hi, this is David Sokel, and this is the Eagle's Eye podcast. This is episode 53, and this episode is called Are We Getting the Full Picture? Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Eagle's Eye podcast. And uh, this is indeed episode 53. And uh, I'm looking at the subject of are we getting the full picture? Um, Just before I I do that, obviously, uh, for those who um, have been listening (coughs) to my podcasts, uh, even though they've only been few and far between this year, um, you'll appreciate uh, this past um, month or so has been a very, very difficult month, uh, specifically for those of us involved in, in the work uh, in connection with Israel. Uh, indeed, the month of October and into November uh, has been um, somewhat tough, uh, to say the least. Um, following the death of uh, my father-in-law, uh, Derek, and then the, the passing of uh, our spiritual father, uh, Ray Sanders, who, for those of you who don't know, Ray, uh, Ray Sanders was the, um, the founder and the uh, original director uh, of Christian Friends of Israel in Jerusalem. And uh, sadly, he passed away... Um, four weeks ago. Since then, um, literally all hell broke out in Israel uh, with the hideous massacre of innocent Israeli civilians by the terrorist group Hamas, uh, causing uh, the current war, which is still ongoing as I'm doing this recording. And indeed, it could go on for quite some time. Um, Also, we were supposed to, my wife and I were supposed to be working out in uh, Israel. Um, uh, But uh, the week that uh, those attacks happened, uh, we were told by the UK government that uh, we couldn't fly. Uh, Basically, um, all flights to Israel had been cancelled at that time. And uh, and then, (laughs) on top of all of that, uh, my health uh, went downhill. And I've been suffering with a thing called labathrinitis, uh, which is uh, an inner ear infection that causes vertigo. And so basically I was off work for uh, four weeks, well, a bit more, including some uh, annual leave time. Yeah, I was unable to work and uh, I'm still not 100% recovered. Um, apparently, uh, according to the... National Health Service, uh, it states that this could go on for six months, which uh, really is not what I want. Um, but um, at least I'm, I'm back at work and I'm feeling I can get, uh, you know, some of my work out of the way. So if you are one of those people that's been praying for us uh, with your get, get well messages, etc., then I really do appreciate it. But uh, needless to say, it's been a really, really difficult month. Um, but before I go any further, I just want to, to read 
uh, some scriptures. And uh, these scriptures are actually, I use these in um, a, a report that I did for, for uh, Christian Friends of Israel on the 16th of November, um, which is a week ago now as I'm doing this uh, podcast. And uh, they were included in the For Zion's Sake report. If you don't get that, uh, simply email me at david at cfi.org.uk and um, I'll show you how you can receive them. So there's three scriptures, and the first one is from 1 Samuel in the Hebrew scriptures, or the Old Testament as the church calls it. 1 Samuel, chapter 30, and I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 3, and also verses 17 to 19. I'd read the whole thing, but we just don't have the time. So it says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burnt it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there, from the small to the great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burnt with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. So now we move on to verse 17, where it reads, Then David attacked them. That's the, the obviously the people who had attacked. He attacked the uh, Malachites with his army. Uh, then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped, except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all the Amalek- all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. Um, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. So that's from 1 Samuel chapter 30. Verses 1 to 3 and verses 17 to 19. Uh, And then there's a a reading that I want to bring from uh, the prophet Joel. Um, Again, in the Hebrew scriptures, in the Old Testament. And this is uh, Joel chapter 3 and verses 19 to 21, where it says, But Egypt will be desolate, Edom a desert waste. Because of the violence, and uh, for those who don't know, Hamas, the terrorist organisation Hamas, Hamas means violence. But Egypt will be desolate, Edom a desert waste, because of violence, Hamas, done to the people of Judah, what they've done to the people of Judah. Uh, That's where you get the name Jewish from, by the way, in whose land they shed innocent blood. Judah will be inhabited forever and Jerusalem through all generations. Shall I leave their innocent blood unavenged? No, I will not, says the Lord. The Lord dwells in Zion. And then finally, a reading from the prophet Amos, chapter 1 and verses 6 to 8. And um, Before I read this, I want to emphasise that I'm going to 
talk briefly about it shortly, this piece of scripture. And before you respond as I'm reading it, I don't want you to misread this scripture. Okay, I'll tell you for why very shortly. So Amos and chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, and I'm actually going to read from something that I don't normally read from, and that's the Living Bible. Uh, It just seemed to, I don't know, it just seemed to sum it up much easier. It says, the Lord says, Gaza has sinned again and again, and I will not forget it. I will not leave her unpunished anymore. For she sent my people into exile, selling them as slaves in Edom. So I will set fire to the walls of Gaza, and all her forts shall be destroyed. All Philistines left will perish. The Lord has spoken. And it's that bit, uh, that particular scripture of Amos 1, 6 to 8 that I want to be looking at, uh, that we have to be careful we don't misread that piece of scripture. So are we getting the full picture? This was a question that I asked some weeks ago um, uh, when I was putting together uh, um, the Watching Over Zion report, which I hadn't written for uh, quite a while because of of, of my illness. Uh, But it's also, um, it's a, a statement or a question that I am constantly asking myself when we're watching uh, specifically the Western media, the news channels such as the BBC and uh, um, ITV and uh, Sky News and all of the TV um, broadcasting like that, are we getting the full picture? Maybe I should rephrase it and say, are we getting the true picture? Because sadly, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, if, if you follow the BBC, uh, where did the BBC, or who did the BBC contact for their first port of call, their main source? Well, I'll tell you, it's Al Jazeera. And Al Jazeera are not exactly going to be Israel friendly. But for sure, these are indeed dark days. And as we watch in horror, and as we watched in horror, of what happened to the civilian population of Israel, who, as I'm speaking, are still being targeted by the Hamas terrorism. And let's not forget innocent civilians on both sides are being killed and traumatized. However, I need to add, we have to question how many Gazan civilians are actually being killed not by Israel, but by their own people. First of all, because they're being killed because they've not been willing to agree with Hamas. But secondly, uh, there are many, many of the Hamas and Islamic Jihad rockets that have failed when they've been trying to fire them into Israel and they've failed and they've exploded in Gaza. The incident of the hospital was one main news story that featured on them, specifically the BBC, but also many Western uh, news channels that Israel had uh, rocketed and blew up um, uh, um, a Gaza hospital, which was totally untrue, because actually, well, yeah, the hospital wasn't uh, hit, 
it was just the hospital car, car park and actually it was a rocket that had failed from uh, Hamas Islamic Jihad that had exploded. Now, I think what many of you, many of you who, who, who listen to my uh, podcasts or those of you who um, um, follow me on um, the, the Watching of Zion reports, you will know that I have been reporting on uh, issues relating to Israel for the past 28 years or more, uh, often from within Israel, in fact. Um, I was in Gaza when the disengagement was happening in 2005. And, you know, this needs to be reminded. I tell people all over the place because people have short memories. Israel left a very fruitful Gaza and handed it over to the Arabs all in the name of peace, okay? When they left, when Israel pulled out of Gaza, and I was there, like I said, and I can remember talking to one of the the leading uh, figures in the Israel Defense Force. I questioned him. I, I said, do you honestly believe that by... Um, it, uh, it was Ariel Sharon at the time. He was the prime minister. Do you really believe that Ariel Sharon's decision to pull every Jew out of Gaza will bring peace? And he answered after thinking about it and didn't really give me an answer as such. But he said, we have to at least give it a try. Because... I, that was the commanding officer in the IDF I was uh, speaking to, I have lost too many of my men. We have to give it a, a try. Well, sadly, since then, the Hamas terrorist group, who I believe are satanic in nature, have forced the Arab people in Gaza to live under their di dictatorship since, specifically since 2007. Although... I have to admit that many Gazan civilians did actually vote for Hamas in 2007. And there are a, a, they do have a big support of the um, Arabs in, 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 in Gaza. And from that, Hamas have bombed Israel now for more than 16 years. What other nation in the world would put up with being bombed for 16 years? No other nation. But what we witnessed on the 7th of October, 2023, it was Shabbat. It was the Jewish Shabbat. It was the Saturday morning very early on when the news came through. It was also Simcha Torah, which is uh, a day, uh, it, it, it's a festival of praise. On that date, the 7th of October, 2023, more, there were more Jews killed in a single day since the Holocaust happened. And it left me and it left many other decent civilians sickened to the core. Without doubt, these evil, hideous attacks from Hamas are unforgivable. Hamas terrorists invaded Israel, killed, raped and kidnapped Israeli children, 
women and grandmothers. The beheaded babies. There was one story I heard, for, and, and uh, I might just play it later on, of a mother, a pregnant Jewish mother, and she'd been uh, killed. But the, 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 the terrorists weren't, you know, happy with just killing her. They actually slit her open and shot the baby in the womb. What mindset, what kind of mindset do these things? And of course, they've bombed Israel with Iranian-backed rockets before and since. Like I say, Hamas have been bombing Israel with their rockets now for over 16 years. And I've seen it close up. I've seen rockets fly over my head when I've been down on the Gaza border. I can't go into Gaza now. Not allowed. I would probably be killed or kidnapped. The bus that I used to travel on back and forth to Jerusalem was blown up by Hamas. There's lots of personal stories I could tell you. In fact, if you go back on some of my earlier podcasts, you'll, you'll hear me talk about that. And this time, the, 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 the rockets have uh, hit even as far as Jerusalem, which suggests to me that the rockets that Hamas are firing, which have been supplied, or the, 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 it's, 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 it's all been enabled by um, the Iranian dictatorship government. The, the, these record rockets are, are getting more powerful. And of course then, in the north of Israel, again backed by Iran, Hezbollah are also firing rockets. Now we knew that as soon as Israel rightly responded, the Western world would condemn Israel. Yet you know what? Even I have been shocked at the sickening sight of all these hate marches and hate speech from the Palestine solidarity groups. I, I, I refuse to call them Palestinian supporters because do you know what? They do not support Palestine, at least they do nothing for the Arabs. They don't really care about the, the Palestinians. They don't really care about the citizens of Gaza. They just hate Israel. It is si as simple as that. It is shockingly disgraceful to see them all with their Palestinian flags shouting and screaming and causing, even, even causing disruption through the marches. You know, one has to wonder what it will take to get this woke world that we live in to get real and to wake up to how evil Islamic terrorism really is. I mean, do you know, have Britain, has Britain not suffered enough? We've suffered nothing like Israel have. But, you know, when you think of the, uh, the, the bombings, the bus bombings and the, 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 the bombings of the London Underground and the attacks 
uh, around Westminster and, of course, the bombing in Manchester at the pop uh, concert. This is the same terrorism as what Israel faces every day. And surely, because we've seen it on our shores, in our land of the UK, surely people must understand. But no. Today in the UK, anti-Semitism is on the rise and likely to continue as this conflict reverberates around the world. And it is because of anti-Semitism we are seeing all these public marches of alleged support for Palestinians. Although the majority of these people will have no idea of why they're shouting or doing what they're doing. And in many ways, there was a, a picture on, on social media that really sums this up. It had um, four pictures of um, um, Westminster and Big Ben, and it was uh, a photograph uh, on the bridge uh, leading across to, to the ha Houses of Parliament and, and, and Big Ben with four statements. The first statement states, Assad kills 500,000 Muslims in Syria. But, of course, the bridge leading to uh, Westminster is empty. The next picture says 230,000 Muslims dead in Yemen. Once again, the picture shows no protesters on the bridge near Westminster. The third picture says 24,000 Muslims massacred in Myanmar. And again, there is no protesters whatsoever. So basically, we, we see, and, and we've seen this over the, the last 20 years of, of the Arab Spring and, and, and all these other areas of, of uh, I mean, just the, just the, 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 the 10 years that I was reporting on, on the, the massacres that were going on in Syria alone should, should, should be enough to wake the world up because there have been Muslims killed in the thousands upon thousands upon thousands around the Middle East. However, the fourth picture states, Israel defends itself against Hamas and the bridge is full of Palestinian waving flags and protesters. It's cynical. The cartoon is cynical. But even so is the protests against Israel. Yet, at the same time, I do feel that those of us who stand with Israel need to be careful. And specifically, we need to be careful how we respond. And we need to be careful when we are passing on quoting scriptures or misquoting scriptures. And this is the message that I gave, like I say, in my last Watching Over Zion report. In Joel, which I've already read, Joel chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, we read, Edom will be a desert waste because of violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood. Because of violence, it's, because, it's, it's basically it's reading because of Hamas. Now, if you read this scripture, if you know your Hebrew and you read this scripture in its original Hebrew, where the word mentions violence, it clearly reads in Hebrew as me Hamas. 
which translates because of violence. And like I say, I said earlier, Hamas today literally means violence. That's what the word Hamas means. However, I've read many posts on social media, which is main, the main culprit, people posting on social media these past four or five weeks, misquoting scriptures. And one of the ones that, that leapt out at me was from another scripture that I read earlier, from Amos chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. It states clearly in verse 8 of Amos chapter 1, that the Philistines, now note that the Philistines will perish. And indeed, they did. God will not be mocked when God declares through his prophets that such and such will happen, it will happen. Okay? God will not be mocked. So, when it clearly states in verse 8 of Amos chapter 1 that the Philistines will perish, the Philistines will perish. But they did. They became extinct during the Roman period. The Philistines are no more. They have been no more since they became extinct during the Roman period. And we need to be so careful when we're reading scriptures. The Philistines became extinct during the Roman period. However, the Philistines were not Arabic, okay? The Philistines were not Arabic. The Philistines were a Greek seafaring people. The modern term for the Arab Palestinian is a myth. It was the Jews who were the Palestinians, named so by the Romans, when Rome sacked Jerusalem in AD 70, and later after the Bar Kokhba revolt against the Roman Empire in 132 AD or CE common era. It was only when Israel was rebirthed as a nation in 1948 that the term Palestine became redundant. And we need to understand this. First of all, the Palestinian, sorry, the Philistines were not Arab. They were Greek seafaring people. And secondly, the name Palestine was associated with the Jewish people. For an example, before 1948, the leading newspaper at that time was the Palestine Post. That was a Jewish newspaper, the Palestine Post. After 1948 and the name Palestine became redundant, they changed it from the Palestine Post to the Jerusalem Post. It's still, today, a Jewish newspaper. However, Yasser Arafat used this name, Palestine, to create his terrorist regime, the PLO, in 1964, when he hijacked the name. The whole land of Israel, including the misnamed West Bank, belongs to Israel. Legally and biblically. But having said that, we have to accept that there are Arabs living today within Israel. Many of whom prefer 
living under Israeli sovereignty because they get looked after better. So how, as Christians or Jewish believers, how do we pray regarding this? Well, I firmly believe we should pray in line with Scripture, but without taking the Scripture out of context, as in Amos 1, 6-8. However, as I was reading the Scriptures of 1 Samuel 30, it really spoke to me regarding today's situation. Now, since um, I've written this, we've had four Israeli hostages being released, but that means there's still approximately 240 Israelis, including babies, children, young people and elderly and even Holocaust survivors still being held captive in Gaza by the evil Hamas terrorists. And what I don't understand is, you know, I really feel this is strange because the world can be appalled by Putin's actions in Ukraine. I mean, how many blue and yellow flags, the Ukrainian flag, have you seen flying in the UK since Putin's Russia invaded the Ukraine? So people can be appalled by Putin's actions in Ukraine. The BBC can report the truth about being appalled by Putin's actions in the Ukraine. Or even when the horrific actions by ISIS in the Middle East took place, the reporting was you could sense the report as even the BBC were appalled at the actions of ISIS. Yet how is it they don't see Hamas in the same way? Is it not also strange that when the Western media tell the world that Gaza is running out of water and food and electricity, in fact everything, that none of the news channels question how Hamas terrorists, or how is it that the Hamas terrorists are not running out of rockets? Hmm. So, back to the biblical account of 1 Samuel chapter 30, where it focuses on the ancient city of Ziklag, which at the time was home to David and his mighty men and their immediate families. Obviously, David eventually became King David, the Jewish king. This was located right on the border of Israel and Gaza, and the Amalekites had made a raid on the Negev and on Ziklag, and, and they wanted to, uh, they'd overthrown Ziklag and they'd burnt it to, uh, to the ground, according to 1 Samuel 30. And we also read... In that account, the, the Amalekites took captive the women and all who were in Ziklag, both small and great, and they kidnapped them. And when David and his men returned to the city after uh, fighting other enemies, they found their home city burned with a fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. That's 1 Samuel 30, verse 3. Now, the emotional toil was devastating and you you can pick that up you can sense that as you're reading 1 Samuel 30 it states then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until there was no strength in them to weep any longer 1 Samuel 30 verse 4 
And as I read these words, I thought, you know what? This is exactly how I feel today. And this is exactly how Israel are feeling today. But you know what? What makes this story so inspiring is what David, the future king of Israel, did next. The biblical text tells us in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And then we read 1 Samuel 30 verses 17 to 18, and I'm not misquoting this, it says, Then David and his men slaughtered the enemy throughout the morning until night. And by the grace of God, David recovered all the Amalekites had taken. Every single member of the Amalekite terrorist force was killed and every single Israeli that had been kidnapped by the Amalekites was supernaturally restored. I wonder, can you imagine how the BBC would have reported that had they been around in those days? David, men has slaughtered the enemy, every one of them. You can see <laughs> the guards and flags being waved across the nation of the UK, in London, in Manchester, in all the nations. Do you know, I'll come back to the prayer point that I want you to pray about because it's important that we, pr we pray. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer, during the Second World War, once stated, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. He says, God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Another scripture for you. In the book of Job, chapter 11, verses 17 to 19, we read, Life will rise brighter than noon. Darkness will be like morning. You will be secure, for there is hope. And you will look around and rest safely. You will lie down without anyone to scare you. Many will beg for your favour. Again, this passage in Job chapter 11 really spoke to me because there have been so many horror stories regarding the attacks by Hamas on the 7th of October 2023 and many more on the war against Hamas by Israel since. And, you know, it could be the fact that because, obviously, as I've said, I've been unwell for a period of time, I have to be honest and state that I've found it really difficult to deal with this whole situation. And yet, every now and then, it's almost as if the Lord allows a little light to shine on the situation. He brings some good news about the situation. And we need that good news. As we drove through part of Yorkshire 
uh, a couple of weekends ago. Uh, my wife and I got stuck in uh, <coughs> traffic due to yet another hate march by a, a large group of so-called pro-Palestinians. And at one point, a masked Muslim yelled through his megaphone, we will never stop until Palestine is free. And then, of course, you hear the usual chants of how Israel will be ethnically cleansed by their declaration. They shout, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And they repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. What does that mean? It means this. As I've said, is it means Israel will be ethnically cleansed. That's what it means. From the river. The river is the Jordan. So from the river Jordan to the sea. The sea is the Mediterranean. Palestine, that is the whole land of Israel, will be free. Which means the eradication of the nation of Israel. Do you know, I might not necessarily agree with everything the former um, British uh, Home Secretary, uh, Suella uh, Braverman, uh, stated before she was sacked, uh, but I did agree with some of her words on the pro-Palestine marches in London and elsewhere. Um, one post she tweeted, stated, Further action is necessary against the protests which were resulting in the streets of London being polluted by hate, violence and anti-Semitism. And Braverman continued, the sick, inflammatory, the sick, inflammatory and in some cases clearly criminal chants, placards and paraphernalia openly on display at the march mark a new law. Anti-Semitism and other forms of racism, together with uh, upping terrorism to such a scale, is deeply troubling. And it is deeply troubling indeed. So what do we do? How do we do it? And how do I end this quite depressing uh, podcast? I mentioned... The only way I see we can get a breakthrough is through prayer. And we need to pray that the Arabs living in Gaza, the Arabs living in the West Bank and many other places become so sick of living under the terrorist entity of Hamas and Hezbollah and the Palestinian Authority and the PLO, that they willingly look to Israel for help. A strange thing happened last weekend. There was a big um, prayer march in London and thousands turned up with Israeli flags, with British flags, and the police actually noted it was completely different a different spirit to that of what they had been uh, witnessing as they had to stand officially on duty with the Palestinian Authority marches. And one thing that I noted, and you can see this on lots of social media posts, there were lots of Iranian flags being 
flown in support of Israel at this march. Because Iran traditionally has always been a country where it blesses Israel. Because Iran in biblical times was Elam, and obviously it was Persian, but what it was great to see these Iranian flags being flown in support of Israel along with the Israeli flags and the British flags. We need to pray that the Arabs become so sick of living under the terrorist entity of Hamas and the Palestinian Authority and the PLO and Hezbollah that they willingly look to Israel for help. And can I just close with this? I also feel, and this is just my own personal opinion, that we need to pray for great wisdom and discernment for the Israeli government in how they deal with this very difficult situation in dealing with Hamas. I am fully aware that there are many, many people calling for a ceasefire. Many Christians are calling for a ceasefire. But let me just say this. If Israel agreed to a ceasefire now, before finishing the job that they went in to do, surely there will be great injustice to the loss of life of both Israelis and Gazan Arabs. If there is a ceasefire now, Hamas will only strengthen themselves, re-equip themselves with Iran's backing as they've done many times and continue on with their hate-filled acts of terrorism against Israel. Yes, we want peace. We long for peace. But not peace at any cost. These are dark days. And if Iran, as a nation, get involved, the United States of America will be involved. In fact, the, the US have already sent uh, destroyer ships over to the Middle East. So things may get much darker. My final words. There's a but coming. <laughs> but if, if we sincerely believe and stand on the word of God, the Bible. If we believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of Israel, the God of the Bible, then both we and the nation of Israel and the people of Israel need to do what David did, as it states in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. He strengthened himself in the Lord, his God.